This is the Only Human podcast from Community Radio 4 Z out of Brisbane, Australia. How many uh, calls in a month uh, would uh, Lifeline uh, receive? Well, our calls have gone through the roof. I'm talking to you in June. In May, we got 89,000 calls a month. Um, and in April, we got 90,000 calls a month. That's way above our usual number. And um, there's no different waiting. There's no more or less from one part of the community or any geography in Australia. It's just an increase across the board that we we um, got. So those calls are unprecedented in our 57-year history. We've never seen anything like it. The good news is that um, particularly through the lockdown, a lot of our volunteers had more time on their hands. So whilst we've got more calls than we ever had before, we got more calls answered than we've ever had before. So we were able to uh, not only weather the storm of more calls, but make sure we were in contact with people. So I was very proud of that, very proud of our volunteers and very proud that Lifeline was able to step up and answer more calls exactly when we needed to. Um, do you think other calls uh, will stay the same in, in June? Yeah, that's our feeling. We don't see any particular drop off at the moment. Um, I mean, one day is different to the next and there are ups and downs, of course, but uh, we don't anticipate calls will drop. And if anything, particularly when things like JobKeeper begin to expire, um, which we've always known was going to be the case, but that will put a lot of pressure on some people. And we actually anticipate our calls will go up. We don't want them to go up. We don't hope they'll go up because it's never a good sign if our calls are increasing rapidly, but we're very keen um, to be there for people. But our worry is when a lot of those security um, measures, if you like, in terms of personal and financial security measures come off, that our numbers will increase. And um, how does our Lifeline uh, look after the councillors' uh, mental health? We're very focused on the fact that our councillors are on the phone dealing with people who are at very difficult times in their life, very stressed, very emotional, in many cases, very mentally unwell and suicidal. So in that environment, um, we ensure that we've got support for our our own counsellors. We do that in a number of ways, whether it's counsellors on site with them, sorry, uh, what we call in-shift supervisors on site with them or available uh, to them online. So in a really, really difficult call, our person on the phone can actually bring in over the call the um, in-shift supporter to help them through. So, I mean, I could be speaking to somebody who's maybe suicidal right at the edge and uh, I'm worried about how to deal with it. I bring in the in-shift supervisor and if you like, the in-shift supervisor can talk to me, not to the person, can talk to me and help me work through with that and help that person. And we often have sessions immediately afterwards, those difficult times where a, a counsellor will effectively come off the phones and get some support themselves. We are asking people to volunteer, you know, not to run the barbecue at their kids' soccer match. Um, we're asking them to volunteer on life and death matters. And we train them well and we support them well, but we appreciate that for many of them, it's a very difficult process. So what we like to do during the training is make sure people are ready for what they're going to be doing on the phone. So we actually do lose a lot of people during the training sessions for preparing them to go on the phones. And in one sense, that's a good thing because it means we're looking out for their ability to deal with the difficulties they're going to get on the phones. And in some cases, we realise they're not going to cope well and we're better off um, asking them not to finish the training um, because we know that they'll be very stressed and upset themselves with some of the stuff they'll be dealing with. And can you tell us uh, a little bit more about the training and how long uh, does it take? Well, the training can take 12 or 14 weeks. 
obviously with the um, lack of face-to-face -face through COVID, we've had to slow that down. We're looking about how we can do a good chunk of it over, over um, an online process as well. Uh, because we appreciate that um, many people mightn't be able to get into the get into one of our offices for the training. It's all about learning how to help people through very difficult times, how not to be judgmental, how to be able to get them whether they need a, a, what we call a safety plan. So for many people, we'll finish the call with a safety plan that has them agreeing to certain um, medical services or regular services that will keep them well. So the training's very thorough. Um, we also keep our people updated with different, you know, with changes in the way we do things or changes in the technology, as you'd imagine. Um, so it's, it's, it's very thorough training. Uh, it's accredited training through the um, tertiary education system. It's accredited training as well. We find it's very attractive to a lot of students studying psychology because it's a very practical implementation and practical experience of the work that they do as well. But um, most of our volunteers are people who've got the time to be able to volunteer at least four hours a fortnight. Um, you can do more if, if you're available, but we do need you to do at least four hours a fortnight to keep your experience current. Can you tell us about uh, the recent uh, funding uh, that you uh, received? Well, we've been very, very grateful during this coronavirus to have received a significant boost of funding from most of the state governments and the federal government. So, for instance, the federal government provided $5 million to us to help us through this period. New South Wales government provided $6 million. Queensland provided $3.5 million and on and on the list goes. So we've been very well supported by government and that recognises the critical role we play. We've also, um, just in recent times, been very grateful to receive a significant boost in funding from the insurance groups NRMA and RACV. And that funding, which is $2 million over two years, is targeted directly at um, drought and bushfire and flood affected communities in regional Australia. And it targets uh, them with telehealth sessions in terms of counselling and also training in roles that they might be able to play in their local community in suicide prevention. So it's a real boost for us. We're really grateful and um, to the NRMA and RACV, and we will very happily spend that $2 million on uh, providing much more support to people in rural areas that have been knocked about, not just by drought, not just by bushfires, but by flood as well in some cases. So they've had in many areas a, a triple knock and they need a lot of support. And we're very pleased that with this generous corporate donation, we'll be able to provide more support. And um, how uh, will the funding uh, help you? Yeah, it'll help us to get out more on the ground in those communities, both um, in a telehealth sense, so we can do stuff online or over the phone. Uh, and training out to those communities. And um, what are the signs that someone uh, might be uh, suffering from um, mental uh, uh, distress? Well, some of the signs of people who are mentally ill or suffering from a mental illness are often a significant change in their behaviour. So you go from one extreme maybe to the other. You go from eating nothing to eating all the time, from eating all the time to not being able to... Um, eat at all, you know, being a moderate drinker to a heavy drinker, uh, being somebody who's usually calm to somebody who's either incredibly depressed and slow and uh, doesn't engage with others to somebody who might be hyperactive. So it's usually those sorts of changes. It'll also come along, you know, you can expect that if people have had major traumas in their life, that they will have a high risk of um, depression or anxiety or some form of mental illness. Um, but it's usually where people 
significantly change their behaviours, uh, whether that is to become very quiet and reserved or very um, hyperactive. Uh, so these are some of the signs. There are, there are more, um, but mental health is a complex thing. But, but it's, it's worth remembering that one in four or one in five Australians at some stage in their life will have a mental illness. So there's no shame attached to having a mental illness. I'm the chairman of Lifeline in Australia. I have depression for which I'm medicated and treated. I have suicidal ideation for which I'm treated. So um, I've had that now for more than 15 years in my life. That's the period for which it's been diagnosed. I'm quite sure I've had it for longer than that in an undiagnosed uh, sense as well. So um, I live with my mental illness. The other message too is that most people with the right diagnosis and treatment and personal acceptance of their mental illness can live quite a fulfilling life. Um, you don't have to expect to have a difficult life or a, a life where your mental health dominates everything you do. I mean, just think of a physical illness like diabetes. If you treat it properly, if you exercise, if you follow your diet, and if you are in a situation where you take your medication, you can live a very fulfilling life. And I use that as an example because um, I think many people think once you've got a mental illness, that's it. You know, you can't function properly. Well, with the right treatment support, you can. And that's an important message for people to hear and remember. And um, where can people go to find out uh, more information about uh, Lifeline? Well, the easiest thing to do is to go to lifeline.org.au, our website. It's got all the information you need and it's easy to find. So um, that's probably the easiest way to get the um, numbers and the information you need if you need help from Lifeline. Thank you for speaking uh, to, to, to me today. Thank you, Stephen. You are listening to the Only Human podcast. Only Human is a weekly program on social justice, disability rights, psychology, social research and mental wellness. You can listen in Brisbane on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM and set digital on DAB Plus radios. Love community media? You can support 4ZZZ by subscribing or making a donation at 4ZZZFM.org.au.